Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and you're about to learn the new way that coaches are building thriving businesses online by rising out from the shadows, owning who they are, and finally understanding the business of coaching. Get ready, because this is where we shed the old age thinking of coaches everywhere and say yes to owning a happy, healthy business that not only impacts people everywhere, but gives you the freedom to do what you want, when you want. This is the Modern Coach Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the year. I am really excited to be sharing with you our actual process that we just went through a few a few days ago. We came back from Gran Canaria. We did a team retreat where we fully planned out our year, our vision, our mission, all of the things. And this episode is perfect for you if you are in one of two places. Number one, you have been doing this for a little little while and you feel like something's missing, that there is, there is a longing that you've got somewhere deep inside and that you're not actually fully living your purpose yet. That is definitely where I was last year and this episode is, is for you if you're in that space and or you haven't actually thought about planning your year or if you thought about it but haven't really started yet and you're not sure how to filter your products, your product suite and how to actually create the things that you want to create in a way that gives you the impact and the income that you want. This episode is for you too because really those were the two outcomes that we wanted once we, we called the retreat holy work as in it was a holiday but we were going to work on said holiday and we, you know, we were sort of laughing. Um, my business partner, Casey, who recently came on board, we we had like a suitcase full of books and notepads and we went and grabbed, you know, calendars and markers and, and fun li- little journals from Paper Chase and other places, you know, and... It was one of the best trips I think I've ever taken because it was exactly what I want to do on holiday, which is like chill in the pool, talk about vision, mission, and talk about all of the products and the ideation, and then go to the spa and talk a little bit more about work, and then come back and do some fun exercises. Like this is what genuinely my dreams are made of. And I think that so many of us as entrepreneurs make ourselves wrong for being excited about a business. We make ourselves wrong for the fact that we are a little bit obsessive. And I think that that's that's a mistake that most of us make. It's okay if you are excited about the thing that you're doing. It's okay if you are, you know, reading and studying and learning all of these different new things uh, because it's normal for you to get excited about the thing that you're doing, you know? And I think for the longest time where I had, you know, friends and family who weren't really on the same level they just didn't understand why I was doing this this thing why I was basically upending my life and creating something outside of myself when I could just quote unquote get a job or get a paycheck and have a nice cushy you know 
quote-unquote stable life, um, I used to make myself wrong for being like, I don't really want to go to brunch and listen to all of these people complain about how they, much they hate their jobs. I would rather sit here and read, you know, essentialism again or whatever it may be. And I think that if you were in that space like me a few years ago where you were like, you know what, they're, they're, I'm just excited about my business and all of these people are telling me that I'm wrong for it. I'm here to tell you that you're not wrong. Like, it's okay for you to get excited. It's okay for you to get a bit obsessive. We all do it. And I have made it my mission this year to talk a bit more about what does that look like? You know, this year for me is more about balance. How can I create this new elevation of this business that I've created and also tap more into balance? Because I, truth be told, am not a very balanced person in that... I love what I do. If I could work 24-7, I probably would. <laughs> like, I, I just, I love it. I love reading about business. I love taking courses. I love going to retreats. I love expanding myself. I love learning new strategies. I love figuring a new different thing out. And I've decided that I'm going to stop my, making myself wrong for it. But I have also decided that, you know, that can, that obsession can almost veer off into unhealthiness too and this year for me is a little bit more around figuring out well what would be the the powerful story that I have around balance and around what that looks like and you'll see that play out as I go through how we actually planned our year and how we we talked about it because for both both Casey and I as we co-created this new vision it was really, really interesting because we both love the things that we do, you know? We, we both love and admire each other for our work ethic. And I think that's, that's an interesting place to start, particularly when we are so passionate about helping women avoid burnout. You know, I've been burnt out a few times in my life. And I think burnout comes from you doing the things that you shouldn't be doing. You know, when I, I can work the same 50-hour week and have 20 times more energy on a project or a or venture that I'm really, really passionate about and excited about versus I can work the same 50-hour week on a project that I'm not excited about that I'm pushing through and that creates burnout. So I think there's going to be a lot more ex discussions about that. And obviously, I don't want anyone to be working 50-hour weeks ever. That's that's probably unhealthy. Um, but you're going to hear a little, a little bit more about how we created this vision and what does an actual unforgettable year look like so that you get results that you want. And I think these filters that we've created are revolutionary in helping you identify where you need to be paying your attention to, you know? So, holy work. Holy work, Gran Canaria 2022. So let me take you back to Black Friday. I booked this trip on Black Friday. We were supposed to go and get a train down to Paris because we wanted to get into that creative space and the creative energy. And for me, I love Paris. Paris is like one of the most magical places in, in the world. For me, it was one of the first places I ever wanted to, to go to. In fact, growing up, I had this romantic poster um, of this couple kissing and the, the poster was like La ba Bassier, Bassier, I want to say something like that. It's a street name. And um, every every single day I would, you know, get ready for bed and I would look at this poster and think, oh, the height of romance and the height of just everything good happening in the world 
would be Paris. So I wanted to go to Paris. Casey wanted to go to Paris. But Paris was like incredibly expensive. It was cheaper for us to go to um, Gran Canaria than it was to go to Paris for a few days, which I, I found was really, really hilarious. And I think that this is a really interesting thing too, where sometimes when you're planning things or you're trying to shoehorn this vision, like we both were like, we want to go to Paris. Paris is, you know, Paris is, is wonderful. It's great. It's da, 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 da. We want to go to these museums. And I think, again, it's that where are you being led to and what is the universe saying? Because we were like, Paris is how much? What? what? I don't want to pay that much for a train. Like Paris, it shouldn't be more than a, you know, a transatlantic flight. That does not make sense to us. And I think paying attention to those bits and bobs of where is the 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 time and the universe taking you and what are you trying to shoehorn into this thing? We were both like, no, Paris is the place, but clearly it wasn't the place. And we ended up going to Gran Canaria, which gave us a lot more space, a lot more creative flow, and it was in warmth. And both of us were really, really excited because we are summer, summer people, you know? So again, like how you, how you begin, begin with the end in mind. What is it that you're trying to achieve? For us, we knew that we wanted to come out of the environment that we were in to almost isolate ourselves and bubble ourselves into this you know, new energy where we can just co-create. And I think that's really, really important for you to think about. Do you have a space in your house, in your home, in your office? Or can you create a space somewhere outside of the normal environment that you're in, whether it's a library or hiring an office for a day or going to a a friend's flat or, or house or whatever, and just isolating yourself there to give yourself the space and the and and the literally the blank canvas to dream again you know and i think that was really really important for us we knew that you know frankly like making the trip work was a difficult endeavor for us we hadn't really planned on going away um but we both felt like we really needed the space and it just so happened that you know going abroad was the best option at that, at that juncture based on the things that were going on at home and i think sometimes you have to take that leap in business to think about what is it that you need? How can you create that space that isn't going to make a lot of sense for a lot of people in your life? For example, you know, it might seem counterproductive to go on a trip to give yourself that creative flow and energy when you're like, well, I should be spending that money on ads or I should be spending that money on, I don't know, paying for an office for a year or whatever it may be. And those were the discussions that we had, genuinely. We were like, is this a good investment? Should we really, should we carve out that space? And like, it, it can, whatever that scale is for you, whether it's hiring an office for a few hours during the week or going on a trip or whatever, that's a valid conversation to have at every stage of business. But you as the business owner know what you need in order to give yourself the space. You know what are the things instinctively. I'm 100% certain of it because I knew that us going away would create the best results because it would give us that space outside of what we've already created. And I think for me, having felt like over the last year, really from the, I don't know, from the whole, from the beginning of the year really, but from July onwards, I was really mourning this business that I created that just wasn't fulfilling me in the same way anymore. I love all my programs. I stand by everything that I teach. And I love helping all of the people that I help, particularly in the containers that are, you know, carrying on. 
through through this year, but I just knew that there was a new level that I wasn't tapping into because I was so attached to these things that I created. Essentially, my business had become my baby and that is never a healthy place to be. Like my business is not my baby, my business is outside of myself. So I knew that having the space to, to holy work uh, and to to go and, and be in an environment that makes me feel like the best version of me. And for me, that is definitely in a, in a place by a body of water. You know, I'm a cancer. I have water available to me. You know, I live by the sea. Water is an important aspect and an important environmental cue for me, but also warmth. I hate, hate how cold it is right now. <laughs> like I cannot, I cannot stress enough how I love, like as soon as it gets warm, I, I'm just a happier human. So I think when you are planning this vision, Think about where are you best in your environments. And one of the things that I said to Casey was, I want you to show up to this retreat as the next level version of you. What does the next level version of you wear? What does she pack? What does she bring with her? So like we brought a bunch of pajamas. I had like all these silk sets of pajamas that I brought with me and I color coordinated all the clothes you know, and when we had a great, great time unpacking, because it wasn't like, I don't know, we might have worked in pajamas, but they were really great pajamas. Do you know what I'm saying? In that we co-created from a place of next levelness, not from the current place where things didn't feel right, you know? And I think that's a really good exercise for you to think about is like, who is that next level version of you? And I will say that one of my mentors, Gala Darling, who is my EFT tapping teacher, she um, she has helped me create that vision for who that next level version of me is and who that person is to like lead the team, to do the things, to grow and expand beyond what I've been comfortable with, right? And I think any type of expansion and the reason we, you know, resist creating the plan. You know, we're in the first week of January now. And if you are still not sure or not clear as to what's going on in, in this year, or if you're sort of half clear, but it's still a bit murky, then it's okay. Because that just means that you have a really great vision that you're not letting yourself see yet. As in your your body, your brain is trying to keep you safe because you think it's it's outside of you or it's not possible for you yet but I'm here to tell you that it is possible and you can see it and I know you can access it it's just understanding that you're safe no matter what happens and that this bigger vision you're already ready for it if you're listening to this episode you're ready for whatever the next level is you decide you act and then it happens you know and whether it happens in the way that you are thinking about or whether it happens in a different way is neither here nor there it's none of your business really but what is your business is taking that first step and fully owning and believing that the next level version of you is possible, is here, and she is like ready to, to play. So going into this, this retreat, that was the energy. We were like, okay, next level version of us, space, where do we feel our best? And what is it that we need to, to, to bring, right? So we stayed in this like adults only beautiful hotel. We had like four different buffets to choose from every day. There was a pool. Um, we spent the majority of the time in our room um, and we sort of popped out to the spa or to the pool for, to have breaks basically and to give ourselves the creative space. But here is how it went down. So day one was vision, mission and brand strategy. 
Day two, we looked at the business model canvas, our value proposition and customer segments. Day three, we looked at our customer journeys and our ecosystem. And day four, we looked at the logistics planning and our ways of working. And I will say this, that, you know, I came at this process and I always try and plan from a place of like blank slateness. I will come as a blank slate and I will see what comes through and I will trust that that guidance, you know? And I think whenever you're creating something particularly new, it's really useful to drop all of the expectations and all the shoulds and come at it brand new. So day one, our goal was to have a clear vision, mission statement and goals that represent both of our parties. Because remember, I've been at this business for many years solo, but here I was bringing on a new person, a new partner, who I think is going to, you know, help me revolutionize not only the way that women view themselves, but will will help build this brand into what I think it can be, you know? And I think that that's a really interesting thing too, is that if you're bringing on new team members into your into your team, or if you're growing into a different role in your business, then how are you showing up and are you co-creating or are you still pushing your agenda? It's really, really important that you ask yourself that question. Because again, when we co-created the vision and the mission, the brand strategy, we, we already knew that we were on the same page. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been in that room. But it was really, really, really important to us to have clarity from both of our our sides and to be on that one same page and also to have values that matter to both of us so it wasn't just the elisa show or you know the the casey show or, or the you know elisa k coaching show it was how what are we creating outside of ourselves and how can we firm that up and i think again if you're co-creating something with someone that's a really important point but if you're solo like i was for a really really long time do you actually have the clear vision, mission, and the strategy? Do you have those three things? Because without vision, then you're sort of just chugging along and never really aiming for anything. Without a mission, then no one really cares about what you're building. You're sort of most people without a mission doing it just for the money. And there's nothing wrong with doing it for the money, by the way. But I think if you have a bigger vision that's outside of you, that's where the flow starts to happen. And that's where the the real, I think the real change from within starts to happen too. And I, if I know my clients, and I hope I do, then mission is really, really important to them. And brand strategy then then basically captures both of those things and, and, and asks how do we deliver on those two things. So on day one, those, those, that's what we did. We really spent the majority of the day talking about our values and we went through different exercises, things like what do we admire about each other? What do we admire about other people that we admire? You know, who are the people that we admire? Why do we admire them? What are the qualities that they have? What are the things that are really important to us? And we actually figured out that we have personal partnership values that we want to live by and we have business values that, you know, we want to deliver that we want to live by and then other things that we want to deliver through said values. So it was a really, really interesting exercise in that we identified what those things are for both of us. And then we ran it through the filter of, you know, does this actually deliver on these, on these words that we have chosen? And what do those words actually mean to us? Why are we choosing them? And it was really, really powerful because I've, you know, we all have values as humans, but we, we don't really ever 
run run the filter of does this match up with my values or not. It's something instinctive that I think most people do, but actually having them in front of us as we then went and co-created the the containers, the the product suite, all the things was so so helpful. So if you are at home or if you're in a, an office and you don't have your values visible somewhere by by your computer or by your wall or by even your your product map, then please 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 do that because it's going to be such a game changer for you. Um, I think it's it's so, so, so important for you to, to remember why you're doing it and what are the things that you live by. So that was day one and it was really great because we had, we, we came up with four words and we actually ended up changing one of them I want to say, or two, maybe two, even two of them on day four, when we sort of reran the exercises again, and it took way, way less time than the whole day that we spent on it. But we, we had, I think it was four words that we had for sure. Casey wanted six, I wanted five. Um, we had four for sure. And then we went to the spa and we were talking and it was just so organic the way that these things came out. And one of the, one of the values just popped up from us literally sitting in like I oh, was such a salty salty pool of water it was like a hydro spa and I don't know about you but I, like I do love swimming in the sea and it's my favorite mode of swimming for for the interested parties <laughs> listening to this but also if you've ever been to a spa and your, your whole body feels like a grape that is that is just it's just mush like my whole body is but like there is just there is just salt so um your body was like a grape before you entered and then like a um, raisin by the time we came out. So we were like raisining our bodies, what we ended up calling it, and talking about our values and whether, which ones do we remember? And it was really, really interesting. The reason we ended up changing a bunch of them was because we didn't remember the ones that we ended up saying were the quote unquote final ones. I was like, okay, Casey, I remember these values. Which ones do you remember? And I think this is a really, really interesting exercise too, is that if you're coming up with any type of ideas for anything in your business and you're like, okay, this is it. And then a day later, you don't remember or an hour or three later, you don't remember what those values or the exercise or the names are, then it's probably not the right thing. Like um, Spellbinding Content, one of my core pro programs that I absolutely love, teaches you how to create better content and how to write posts that are magnetic. That program ended up having the name Spellbinding Content because originally it was, I think I called it Magnetic Content or Magnetic Something. And every time I, I messed up, I think even in our uh, CRM system, the people who bought the program are tagged with Magnetic Content, but it didn't end up being called Magnetic Content because I just kept forgetting the name. So clearly it wasn't the name of the program. So it's a really good exercise for you to think about, like, what is it that I remember and what is it that I don't? And change the things based on what you remember. So it was really, really interesting to think about, okay, well, if I don't remember these values that we've chosen, then they're probably not the right ones. So really, really good. I absolutely love that exercise. Also loved the, the spa pruning. And there was like two saunas there as well, which ugh, I love a sauna. Love, love, love. And I think it's, again, it's about being in that expansive environment and think about, okay, well, if I'm trying to plan my year and my house is, you know, is like cluttered and dirty and my office has got all the things and I haven't cleaned, you know, I haven't detailed my desk or whatever, wiped the dust off my desk in the last six months, is that really the best environment for you to be thinking of this brand new vision? Like, 
start small. I'm not saying go go forth and fly to Spain. But what I am saying is create the environment to give yourself that space. So then day two, we looked at uh, the business model canvas, our value propositions, and our customer segments. So once we are clear on what's the vision, what's the mission, what are we trying to deliver to the people, we looked at, okay, well, how do we actually achieve that through our products? And this is something that I do with my clients all the time. We start with what's the problem and how are we going to solve it? And basically, that's what we did. And because, again, like I have many, many products under my belt. Um, I did the classic mistake in my first two years of business of creating a thing, launching it, and then being like, oh, well, only five people like that. So clearly it's not the right thing. So then I'd create a new thing and I'd launch it and then like three people would buy it. And I'd create something and I'd launch it and 15 people would buy it. Um, And I was like on the creation hamster wheel. So I had products to bring to the table essentially but we started from scratch we were like okay we're gonna we're gonna take all the products we're gonna forget that they exist for now and we're gonna look at what is actually fits into this bigger vision what needs to stay on the shelf for a bit what needs to come in into the place right what needs to come into the canvas and one of my favorite mentors we had a coaching call right before right before Christmas and he was talking about how basically you're the tinker in the in the garage. I'm trying to think of the specific metaphor. And he was saying that like your launch is you taking the engine out for a spin. And sometimes you have a beautiful, you know, beautiful car, but the engine doesn't match up and you have to sort of swap the things out. And I think that's how almost how it felt was like, okay, we're in the garage and we're building this new thing and it's going to be really shiny and great. But it doesn't mean that we don't have the tools to add to this car. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like we were starting from scratch and I don't think you ever are starting from zero. You're always starting from a foundation because you have done this before. Like none of us here are quote unquote newbies. We've seen things, we we know things, we have developed things in our life. So understand that you're not starting from zero ever. So we had, um, we we basically did our value proposition and it was really, really fun actually because we did basically we we looked at what are the values and then we made oh god what did Casey call it I don't remember the the exercise name but it was like we had to come up with 20 ideas and we had these flashcards we had to come up with 20 ideas and they were just like anything could be nonsense it could be something really really good and then we build on those ideas so it was like the, the 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 aim of the game was quantity not quality and I think again as someone who used to be a major perfectionist even doing that of like set a timer for 15 minutes and come up with 20 product ideas in 15 minutes. It's like the first five, you're like, okay, done, done, done. And then the next 15, you're like, oh, fuck, what what am I going to do, you know? So that was really, really good in, in helping you unbox yourself. So I would really, really recommend that everyone does that exercise in general. So that was really good. We we ended up doing a bunch of, a bunch of like timed exercises, making the ideas... And then we had to narrow them down to three and present them and sort of do do the case. And I am an idea generation fiend. I think a lot of my clients, particularly VIP clients, love that about me because I can just see things pop up from their ideas. Like we, we sort of hone in on the one that will actually give them the biggest impact. And it's really, really difficult for me to narrow things down within my own business because I almost have too much, too much creative energy um, whenever we're doing things like building out a product suite. I'm like, can we, and let's launch this and I have enough time to do this, right? It's that, it's that like 
unbalanced creative energy that I think sometimes is good, sometimes is bad. Um, but I've, I mean, luckily, I think I've learned to harness that in the in the in the best way, monetize it in the best way for sure. But also, I've learned to to figure out when I'm going too far, and I think having that energy of someone else helping me plan this helped me sort of just let go and and unleash all of that creativity and and the, from there the magic happened you know from there we we created something really really magnificent because you have someone to work with and to work from almost right you know like I look at it like a springboard. One of my least favorite client conversations in, when I, in my tutoring business was someone kept calling me really, really late at night and they'd be like, you're just like my springboard. And I used to be like, Ugh, please don't ever, ever describe me as a springboard. But that's almost what it felt like is that we both had the space to co-create. And, I, you know, this is why we work with with coaches to, to have that space and clarity to do the things. Um, but it was really, really, really useful in this specific exercise in that, creating the product suite and clarity of what we actually want to do to deliver the values and the mission that we designed on day one was just invaluable. So would 100% recommend. So then we uh, had a clear, you know, uh, vision, mission statement, goals that represent both of the parties. We had a clear understanding of who we wanted to help. We had a full product suite map of um, who we wanted to help in the next 18 months. And then we had a clear understanding of different customer segments and their needs per product. So for example, we actually started with that first. We figured out what's the customer journey first, what are the segments of the ideal soulmate person. And there's a really, really great lesson in a side of SEA about that, FYI. So if you're an SEA, go and, and watch its Q&A. We actually did the Q&A on the day that we did this with Casey. It's Q&A six, if you're wondering, but a really, really, really good, um, really good understanding of where is ideal soulmate person and what are the steps in their journey that they want to be taking and how can we help them at each step. So that was really, really invaluable because again, when we went, then went back and could design the products, we could see which products fit where and what was the customer segment that we actually both created the most products for. It was really helpful in identifying who we want to help first. So, um, yeah, and then we developed the business model to take into day three. So essentially what we had by the end of day two was what are the problems that we want? What's the customer journey? And I mean, when I tell you that I haven't laughed so much on a trip ever, I genuinely, like I love going away with my family because we are all humor, humorous, funny people. And typically when, that's why I love going away with my family every summer because there's like 15 of us and we always giggle and 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 laugh and I don't know scream and shout in in the best way on this trip I have never laughed so hard with another like in a one-to-one -one situation with a human because we were just having the best time laughing at ourselves and laughing at how some of the things that we wanted to teach people seemed like the most obvious things to us but people just don't understand and I think that's where the value is it's what do you find so easy that you're like, well, doesn't everyone know this? And it, that's why we sort of started on that on that product journey and understanding that what we, it was really helpful getting that clarity on, oh, I think you're really good at doing this or I think you're really good at doing that. And then coming at the, the product suite and the ecosystem from that angle. So that was really, really good. And I have got 
literally plans for days on how people self-sabotage, on what are the things that people say, what are, you know, like we, we just basically did an assessment of the clients that we worked with and looked at what are the common threads. And uh, when I say I have never been so excited to create content, I really, really do mean I have never been so excited to be making content because when we created the content plan, I was like crying with laughter because a lot of it, the stuff, the mistakes that people make were the ones that I made, right? And Casey made. And it was just really good, honestly. So I'm very, very excited. And I think that when you're excited and you're in that like laughing energy, that's when the magic happens. Okay, so then day three, uh, we did customer journeys and the ecosystem. So we understand, uh, we understood how our products work together in the customer journey. We could articulate the brand story and the bath fizzer. And if you did the makeover messaging series with me recently, you know what our bath fizzer is. But the basic premise is that essentially you're, you start with your offer, you start with your message and then you sort of work backwards. So that's what we did. And then we, um, we did a map of the delivery for the new and current products. So what are the things that we want to develop and what are the things that don't exist and what are the things that do exist? So at this point, and at, at the end of day three, we could then look at, okay, well, what are the cars that we've designed thus far and how can we make them, how can we add those elements into this new thing that we're building? What are the parts? What are the things? And um, it wasn't so much like throwing everything out because I don't ever want to start from scratch, but building that foundation from a place of certainty and from a place of, okay, this is what I really, really want to be delivering to the people. And then day four was an interesting day because it was, it was actually a shorter day. And we just looked at what are the best ways that we work? How, you know, instead of making ourselves wrong for wanting to work, you know, maybe one of you guys wakes up at six and the other one wakes up at 11. I tend to have a later morning start. I don't want to be coaching at the crack of dawn. And, you know, that means that I have to adjust my working pattern to suit me. At the end of the day, like I don't have kids that live with me actively all the time. And I am a free agent. So therefore I can have the luxury of getting up later and that's okay. I'm sure that when I do have children, it will probably change and I'll have to essentially become an early bird. But who knows? Maybe I will be a child like I was. Like I was a, a late sleeper, according to my mom, all the time. At the very earliest stage of my of my life, I just didn't sleep ever, apparently. I only slept in the pushchair when I was being walked around the park, which I think still sort of tracks. But later in life, I used to just sleep in all the time. So I think it 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 just depends on what are the patterns that you like to to encompass. And I think this last year, I tried to make myself wrong for you know recording a podcast late at night but I was like do you know what like that's that's where the best content comes when I am not so structured about it when I'm not so I don't know so in my perfectionism that it has to be like this da, 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 da. so like it's taken me a few days to record this podcast because again I was like I just need to be in the flow I want to like talk to the people when I'm in this state not when I've pre-scheduled it in my diary for like 2 p.m on a Tuesday you know and I think that that's okay too. If you have the space in your life, some of you guys might not have the space, by the way, and that's okay too. Like you, you just, you have to do some of the things sometimes. But for those of you who are like me and you have the space to tweak things around, stop making yourself wrong for for moving things around. It's okay. It's okay for you to create when you want to create. 
And that was the conversation that we had around how do we work together? What are the things that we're responsible for? Division of responsibilities, almost like creating a, a, a org chart is what you would call it in the corporate world world for the different seats in the business and looking at what are the things that I'm responsible for and what are the things that other people are responsible for. So we have a few people on the team and we looked at who do we need to hire to fill the other positions. So even if you are alone, I would still encourage you to look at doing an org chart or looking at your responsibilities specifically and look at what are the roles that you're playing in your business. So, so, so invaluable. This is something that I learned from James Wedmore uh, when I first started, you know, in his world. And it was really, really life-changing when I did it for myself. And I honestly, I ignored him for like two years. I was like, I don't need an org chart, but please, 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 please don't make the mistake that I made and actually look at what are the departments in my business and who is responsible for what? Because it's gonna make it so much easier for you to scale. Um, okay, so then we looked at what are the systems that we need to support the business model. So we we talked about what are the things that we want to deliver and what are the, what are the things that we want to focus on and do we have the tech. So for example, we looked at I recommend FG Funnels. I love FG Funnels. It, they're run by Julie and Kathy, uh, who are a duo of really great people. I met Kathy actually at the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. We were in the same mastermind, and I'd never heard of Julie before they sort of partnered up together, but they are awesome human beings. They're women-owned company. It's it's a great software. We recommend it to all the people. Um, and we looked at like, okay, if we have FG funnels, does that still serve our needs? If yes, then great. If no, then what are the things that are, it's missing? Luckily, FG funnels has so much, well, it has like everything built into it, um, but we still use things like um, active campaign for our emails and other bits and bobs. So I will link that down into the description, our like recommended software list if you're interested and curious as to what we use and why we recommend certain things. But for me, in general, what I would say is that we looked at what are the systems that we need to support and then I delegated that to Casey. I asked her to look at what are the things, like here's the vision, here's what I want do we have the tech and what are the things that we don't need? What are the things we're paying for and that, that aren't necessary? And then what are the things that we want to add? So that was a really interesting conversation too because we got into like the, the support, like how do we deliver on this vision from a more practical way? And then we looked at... Um, what, what is our accountability system? So I think different entrepreneurs have different accountability styles. And this is something that I actually learned from working with different people, AKA, like some of my clients will check in on Voxer every day and then other people will not check in ever. They'll just come to the call, you know, and some of them will even just come to half of the calls and that's okay. You know, it just depends on what what is it that they need. And this is an interesting thing for you to think about. What type of accountability do you need to get the things done? For me, I'm a talker. Like, I like to talk through, through things. So I will voice note my, my coach. I'll voice note Casey. I'll talk through the things. I'm not necessarily, um, I don't, I'm not going to sit in a Facebook group 24-7 and ask for feedback there. Like, that's just not me, personally. Some of my clients are like that. Some of my friends are like that. The reason I'm saying this is because understanding your accountability style and, and what you need to move your business forward is going to help you so much moving forward. Like I understand what type of support I need from coaches now and whether or not that matches up with my current container, you know? So I, there's something for you to think about too is 
what are, what is the accountability that you need to get your things moving forward and it's something that we d discussed at at length so at the end of the of the, of our planning year what we did was we basically had a very, very clear framework and a lens to look at our products through. What are our values? What's our mission? What's our brand strategy? We looked at what's our business model? Are we actually delivering on that? And what's our, what's different about us? And why should people listen to us? And therefore, what are the people that should be listening to us? So who are is our customer and what are, what's the customer segment? Then we looked at the customer journey and the ecosystem. What are the steps that our customers need to take in order to, to b get into our ecosystem, number one? But number two, and more importantly, take that first next step. And then finally, we looked at like the logistics of that. What are the, what are the things that, that we need to put in place to make sure that we are actually actioning that in a way that is supportive and you know expansive and, and actually fulfills what we want from our lives? So... You know, I think that is our, our canvas and we we have been doing a similar version of this with people behind the scenes with my VIP clients for, I've been doing this process or something very similar to it uh, for the last, I'd say three years now. We have quarterly planning days with my clients um, in, on, in my one-to-one -one VIP coaching, but it was really, really interesting to sit down and actually do it as a client, quote unquote, and have sort of start from scratch and think about the different exercises to make the process that already exists better. So I'm really, really proud of the way that we structured it, the way that we designed it, the way that we actioned it, and just like the clarity that it brought forward. It took what I was doing and essentially like supersonic charged it to the 20th, you know, seventh heaven degree. Um, so I'm very, very, very excited to be basically implementing this with clients moving forward too because I think it was an invaluable process and you know um, as always if you want to talk more about how we can help you do this in your business whether you are just starting out and want to have that clarity from day one or whether you've been like me in business for several years now and want that extra clarity then please reach out um, the, the links in the description if you want to DM me and we can talk about, you know, planning your, your legacy in that way for sure. But for now, I hope that no matter where you're at in business, this episode is giving you some ideas of, as to how to look at planning the year ahead, how to get into that expansive energy. And I hope you, you enjoyed. So I can't wait to speak to you next week. I hope you have an amazing uh, week ahead of you and happy new year. stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically good news magnetic mavens is here to help you be unforgettable our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story in this membership you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm it's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.